What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, guys, it's another New Vision Podcast. Glad with you here. And we are almost done with the book of Joshua. And guys, it's good news because that land allotment, hopefully you've stuck with it. All that, all the verses that are like, and this from the east to the west, and this name and that name, and this name, and all the lists are over, and we're drawing the, the book of Joshua to a close. And so today we're here in chapter 23. Now I've got this whole chapter today. It's only 16 verses, and it's not as, let's just be honest, it's not as boring as some of the previous chapters. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's an easier listen, but we've got a, a lot to get through. This is about 25 years, you know, it's hard to be specific, about 25 years after they've crossed the Jordan and all that, the conquest and the land allotment and, and each clan or tribe taking over certain areas, like that's well done and over. And so now we're reaching the end of Joshua's life. And this is what is in essence the beginning of his farewell speech. And so this is drawing near the end of the book of Joshua. We're uh, chapter 23, verses 1 through 16, and this is the ESV. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned Israel, its elders and heads, its judges and officers, and he said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain." along with all the nations that I have already cut off from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land just as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very strong to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you or make mention of the names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them. But you shall cling to the Lord your God just as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as he promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations remaining among you, and make marriages with them, so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you a whip at your sides and a thorn in your eyes until you perish from off this good ground that the Lord your God has given you. And now I am about to go the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. But just as all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the evil things until he has destroyed you from off this good land that the Lord your God has given you 
if you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from off the good land that he has given you. So there's this like, great, look at God has done. And then it's like, whoa, that's, that's kind of a bummer at the end there. Like, and, and, and the ESV translate that God will bring evil things that can be calamitous things, whatever version you have. Uh, it's not going to go well from them if they, if they choose to disobey at this point, but it, it has gone well. And so that, I mean, a lot of this speech is pretty self-explanatory, but as a first point I wrote, um, you know, just kind of practical, you know, kind of takeaways that we can uh, apply uh, in our current context. So number one was obviously just, just celebrate what God has done and what he will do. Celebrate what God has done and what he will do. This is many years after they've crossed the Jordan. They've, you know, left Egypt, crossed the Jordan, taken all these nations out. I mean, it's just been amazing, these victories about all the ways that God has, has done this thing. He's won all these victories for them. It's been quite a journey uh, that, you know, Israel has gotten the privilege of taking with Yahweh uh, as he's brought them to this promised land. And so he's done that, and he will do more. Um, we saw that, you know, obviously Israel's not perfect, and they don't do things the way they're told to every time. Well, that's pointing to something, isn't it? Well, the point is, like, there's still a lot to be done even here at the end of Joshua, and this leads up to the book of Judges where we see even more that Israel will continue to fail to do these things over and over perfectly. So, but, but that also shows that of, of what God will do. God has done something and God's not done. Yeah, you're not perfect. You're going to keep screwing this up. Like you're going to keep messing this up, but God's not finished with you. And so celebrate what he will do. We see this kind of pattern in, in verse three and four. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations. He has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes, those nations that remain. Um, then in verse 5, the Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land just as the Lord your God promised you. So he, he, he has done it, and he will do it. And I think that that pattern, um, obviously there's more of Israel's history to play out, and we're going to get to that. But as a pattern, we see this in the life of a Christian. You know, our lives should be like that. God has accomplished something for us on the cross and he will bring about our salvation to its ultimate uh, consummation uh, where we'll be glorified and no longer able to sin, you know, in heaven, you know, eventually it will be complete. He has achieved it ultimately decisively, but we still live on this side of heaven. We still have our flesh, you know, we, we all can attest to that, that we will why am I still sinning if I'm a Christian? Well, he, he has achieved that for you. You're in Christ. Like, Eternal life starts now, the moment you accept Christ, but it's not yet. Like, he hasn't yet consummated. It hasn't been brought to fulfillment in its ultimate final sense, which will be glorified uh, in, in the eschaton, the end times when um, we die and go to heaven or Jesus comes back, whichever comes first. And so, God, we need to celebrate what God has done and what he will do. And I think we see that pattern here in Joshua. And then the second point in Joshua 23, you know, we celebrate what God has done, what he will do, but we also, also need to remember God's severity. We also must remember God's severity. And that's just like the whole second half of the, the chapter, you know, verse 14. Not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. 
They all came to pass. Not one of them failed. He says that like three times. He's like, the promises worked. The promises always came to fulfillment. The promises worked. The promises were good. Like, not, they didn't fail. They didn't fail. Like, then in verse 15, but just as the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled, so the Lord will bring upon you all the evil or calamitous things that until he has destroyed you off the land. So all this will be for nothing if you don't keep God's covenant, right? And um, um, spoiler alert, like they don't do it correctly. And that's exactly what happens. It's Babylon and it's the Assyrians and they get drugged into captivity. And we see, you know, over and over again, they fail to do this right. But that, that points us that we, they continue to remember, need to remember God's severity because uh, compromise is always a slippery slope, Compromise is always a slippery slope. We see this in verse 12. For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations remaining among you and make marriages with them so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive them out, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip at your side and a thorn in your eyes until you perish off this good ground. So you won't be able to be in the promised land anymore. Like, look what God has done for you. You owe him your allegiance. And you're going to go flirt and commit adultery with these other fake gods and these this evil people that God has been judging through you. I mean, like, that's not the life that they're called to. That's not the life that we're called to. Christians don't act like that. You know, we are in God's covenant. We're in his covenant community. And we shouldn't be, you know, so flippant about leaving him and, and apostatizing. And so we need to be warned in that. We saw in the book of Hebrews that these warnings continue on in the New Testament. We're warned over and over again. Now, again, you can't lose your salvation. We say that over and over again, but they're warnings for a purpose because compromise is always a slippery slope. So Joshua here, he's talking about this intermarriage with the Canaanites. Now, this isn't a racial thing or, or you know, like that kind of, you shouldn't intermarry. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the Baal worship and the, the tribes that had these certain ethics that just would not jive with the law and the life and the the holiness and sanctification that he has required of Israel. It's just, it can't be done. And we see this, I know it's a debated thing, but like, it's pretty obvious this is in the New Testament as well. Paul urged the Corinthians, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. I mean, that's the, the most essential core thing about you. If you're a Christian, has nothing compatible with someone who's not a believer, right? Now, now I'm not beating you up if maybe you've married a, a spouse who's not a Christian. I think where the ideal is lacking, grace abounds. But the point is, you know, that's not going to end well. It's, it's, there's, there's unhappiness there. And God wants something for us, not to take something from us. So he's, he wants them to, to be in his ways. And so he's trying to spare them of all that pain. So we see that in the New Testament. And that's, that's kind of this big example, right, that compromise is a slippery slope. But it could be small things, too, in, our, in the life of a Christian that we need to be warned about. It could be something as small as laughing at the joke at the office, right, that inappropriate joke. You just laugh at it, you know, then you're one of the guys, right? Or it could be, I don't know, something as small as not, not, not fast-forwarding through certain scenes of that Netflix show, right? We're not watching it all together. I don't want to beat you up, but like just little stuff in our lives, guys, little tiny stuff shows us that compromise is always a slippery slope. And that's what we see God warning Israel of here in the book of Joshua. I think that applies to our life as Christians. 
We need to be encouraged. Remember what God has done, what he will do, and remember his severity. Now, I think this ultimately points to the gospel because God's ultimate wrath, because look, they, they fail and heads up the book of Judges shows this over and over again. Like we're going to see that, that they just don't do it right. And we know we don't do it right. But now we have the power of the Holy Spirit because Christ took on the complete severity of God's wrath on the cross. And so we have the power of the Holy Spirit, this side of heaven, to not sin anymore and to not make those compromises. And so Joshua is just a glimpse of that. The rest of the Old Testament is a continuing glimpse of that. But now, today, as Christians, celebrate what God has done, what he will do. Beware of his severity, but also God's grace in our lives. Hope this has helped you guys. Stay tuned for more Joshua. I think we've only got two more episodes left. We're at that finish line. We're almost done. And we will see you back on Monday for the rest of Joshua and the New Vision Podcast. Y'all have a great day. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.